sleep? How are you guys doing? Are you good? You got to sleep in a little? The 9 o'clock was very sleepy. Go ahead and have a seat for just a minute. But we did have a bunch of teens here that were camping for three days. And I'm going to say you guys look like you've showered. They did not. So you're looking good. Um, we are glad that you are here today. Here at Church on the Hill, we are all about four things. So let's just say it together this morning. We're all about helping people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and play a role. And this is not just a slogan that we have here. As we've been learning about, these are the promises that God gave us. And so we as a church are committed to journeying with you in those promises. And so that's what we are all about. We have something here called Life Track, where we walk you through kind of in depth these four um, kind of pillars. And this is week three, so it's Discover Purpose. So after this service, you can join us for Life Track if you've not attended yet. In uh, room 112, we have lunch and child care, and I will be there, and it's going to be fun, so you should come too. Um, we also, if you're new, we would love for you to grab the card in the seat in front of you um, and just fill it out so we can just send you some more information about who we are and how we commit to uh, partnering with you in your spiritual journey. Uh, the other side is our prayer card. We want to pray for you. We have a team that receives these and prays over them on your behalf. So if you're going through something, please write it down so that um, we can join you in that prayer. Uh, you probably noticed when you came in today, we have that giant trailer out in the parking lot, and we've got a big table in the lobby and all these packets. Today is our Compassion Sunday. Compassion International is here with us, and we are so excited about this morning and everything we're going to learn. Um, as we said, one of our pillars is that we are committed to helping you come to know God for the first time, uh, but to continue to get to know him and know his character and know his heart. And that's our hope for you today, that we will learn an element of God's character and his heart because these children matter to him and they, his heart for them is deep. And so we're going to learn about that today. Super excited about that. So why don't you stand up, greet somebody, and then we will go back into worship. my mind to Calvary where Jesus bled and died for me I see his wounds his hands his feet my Savior that cursed tree his body the name. 
right, come on, church. And then on the third, at break of dawn, the Son of heaven rose again. Oh, trample death, where is your sting?
some praise who's rescued us. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. So it was one of those weeks for me uh, this week. You know, sometimes you just, you feel like the evil one's at you, right? You know, they're on on the prowl. And and so on Saturday, I I needed a, I just needed a a day to take a breath. And so I got up really early and went to Pacific City and just let God just breathe into me, reading Psalms, doing some journaling. And when I got back, I, I came to 21 Days of Prayer, and uh, this woman just said, hey, I've just, I've just been dreaming, and, and, and the evil one's on the attack for you, and I've just been praying for you all week, you know, because you're wrestling with, you know, where you should be sometimes, you know, with your parents when they're, when they're struggling, and you can't be there, and it's, it, it's difficult. And then I had this, this seventh grader at 21 Days of Prayer come up and say, hey, Pastor Dave, can I just, can I put my hand on you? Can I just pray over you? And this kid just unleashed a prayer. His name's Josh. And I mean, it was deep and it was encouraging and I was moved and it reminded me that God loves me. That God has my back and that God will carry me through just various times of life. Are, Are you following me? Aren't you thankful for this God? I'm thankful for you guys who partner with me and live life with me. You have my back, I have your back. That's how, that's how we roll. Mm. God, please prepare us to receive your word this morning. Oh, let us take in your truth. And you are a God of love and compassion. And for followers of you, we will also be people of love and compassion. So let your truth speak. And we're asking, like we do every week, pour out your Holy Spirit. Just fill this place with your Holy Spirit. We need your Holy Spirit in us, working us, helping us understand your truth helping us actually be your truth, God. So please, speak, move, break down any barriers that we may have, that, that, that fear barriers that may prohibit us from being your people, from being a people of love and compassion. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray and ask, amen. What must I do to inherit eternal life? That is the question that this lawyer, one lawyer, asked Jesus one day. It's, it's one of those, those questions, one of those pointed and direct and ultimate questions that we may all want to ask at some point, but we're glad that someone else is asking it because we may not want to hear that response directed towards us because that may mean that we have to make some life change. We lawyers, though, We have no problem asking these pointed and direct questions. Why? Because we're arrogant enough to believe that we already know the answer to the question. And in this case, that we're actually living in compliance with it. And so this lawyer stands up in this group of people, and let me set the context for you. It was right after 70 of Jesus' disciples had come back from various places, being and doing Jesus. And they were full of joy and celebration. Because they had learned, they had discovered that even the demons were subject to them in Jesus' name. So they're full of all this joy. And then this lawyer stands up and I think kills the celebratory mood 
by asking Jesus this question according to Luke chapter 10, verse 25. This lawyer stood up and put him, that is Jesus, to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he, Jesus, said to him, What is written in the law? How does it read to you? And I love Jesus' tactic here. He knows that this guy is an expert in Jewish law. So this guy, this lawyer guy, should know the answer to the question. And so Jesus answers his question with a question so that this guy owns his answer. So this guy owns what he must do. And this is what we're told, his answer. Verse 27, he, this lawyer, answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. And that's from Deuteronomy chapter 6. Every good Jew would know that. And then he adds, and your neighbor as yourself. And that's from Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. And so he, Jesus, said to him, this lawyer, you have answered correctly. Do this. We say that with me? Do this? Do this and you will live. The do this then is all about love. It's about doing love. Loving God and loving neighbor. What then does it mean to love God and love neighbor? And, and when, I, when we're asking questions like that, when I'm looking at scripture, I love using the Bible as a commentary for the Bible. And so in 1 John chapter 4, we're told that that passage tells us what it means to love God and love neighbor. It, it talks about, it, it explains who God is from a love perspective and then actually gives us some instruction on what it means to live out this Jesus kind of love. Listen to what we're told here in 1 John chapter 4, beginning of verse 7. Dear friends, John says, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not, love, does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us, and this is the action here, by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. And so this God love has three parts to it. It's a love of sacrifice for the sake of others. It's a love of action for the benefit of others, and it is a love of forgiveness that forgets all past wrongs. And continuing verse 11, John says, Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. Think about this. There is one creation in all of God's creation that God has given the ability to receive and give love like God, and that is us. I'll say it one more time so we take it in. There's one creation in all of God's creation that God has given the ability to receive and give love like God, and that is us. Verse 12, no one has ever seen God, but if we love each other with this kind of love, Sacrifice and action and forgiveness. If we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us and people can't help but sense and experience that love when we show it. Are you following me? So then back to Luke chapter 10, verse 28, where Jesus says this to the lawyer and he, Jesus, said to him, you have answered correctly, do this and you will live. He's telling this lawyer to go love God and 
Love, love your neighbor with a love of sacrifice and action and forgiveness. Verse 29, but wishing to justify himself, and that's what religion can do. Religion can be our attempt at self-justification. But wishing to justify himself, he, this lawyer, said to Jesus, who is my neighbor? Now, when you think about it, this question has an undertone of minimalism. Do you know what I mean when I say minimalism? It's like, what's the minimum standard that I need to meet? Yeah, what is that minimum? What, to, 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 what's the minimum standard I need to, be, to meet to be okay with God. Otherwise, this lawyer would have asked the question maybe this way. Okay, I hear you, Jesus. So does that mean that, that our neighbor then is anyone that's in need? But he doesn't ask the question that way. Instead, he asks the question, who is my neighbor? You see, being a minimalist and being in love are complete opposites. I, I can't go to Kristen and, and say, hey, what's the minimum love I can show you to stay married to you? to honor my marriage covenant. That's not gonna work too well, right? You follow me? I mean, listen, hear me. Love never asks what's the minimum. It's like this lawyer is, is saying, okay, I hear you. I know I'm supposed to love everyone with my last name and everyone in my neighborhood, but Jesus, do I really need to love someone who looks different than me, who thinks different than me? Do I really need to love someone who I think is stupid? Do I? And Jesus responds to the question with this, with this, with this parable. Verse 30, Jesus replied and said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among robbers. They stripped him and beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. And by chance, it's kind of funny that Jesus puts it that way, by chance. And by chance, a priest, that is like the superhero from a Jewish perspective, the person that always does the godly thing, right? And by chance, a priest was going down on that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, that's another superhero, maybe not as high as a priest, but it's a pretty big superhero in Jewish, in Jewish world. Likewise, a Levite also, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. So two religious guys, two churchgoers, two church leaders, they see the need and they walk on by. Now, while their actions aren't commendable, not without reason, I mean, this road that they were traveling on was well known to be a road where robbers would hide and come out and attack, and so maybe this person that's lying there is really a plant. It could be a trap, right? Uh, you, 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 you never know what, what, what could happen. And, and if this guy was actually dead and they touched him, Based on Jewish law, they would have been defiled. And, and, and before they could have done any of their responsibilities, they would have had to go through this uh, ritual purification process, which would have meant that they would have had to walk back up the hill to Jerusalem, back to the temple to become clean before they could go on doing what they needed to do. And, 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 and so when these two religious guys, these two church leaders saw this man in need, they were faced with a dilemma because if they wanted to do the godly thing, they were going to have to take a risk. Here's the deal. If our religious rules cause us to move away from people, then we probably have the wrong religion. Are, are, you, are you following me here? Jesus has never been about self-preservation. Jesus 
is about self-sacrifice. And if we want our hands clean before God, which I truly believe these two religious leaders were focused on. They, they wanted their hands clean. If, if we really want our, cleans hand, our hands clean before God, then we have to be willing to get our hands dirty by loving people when they are in need. Are you following me this morning? Again, these two religious guys probably felt that they had some very good reasons for passing this man in need by. Could be a trap. They may become defiled. They have important things to do. They're on their way. They're just too busy. Even if they did stop, they're religious guys. They don't have all the money in the world. It may be too big of a need to meet. Hmm. And maybe this guy, maybe it was his fault anyway. He may have been hanging with the wrong crowd. And we don't even know if this guy's here legally. Now, now, I'm sure they weren't asking that question, but I couldn't help but ask that question given our day and age, right? <laughs> and Jesus says this according to verse 33, but, when you hear the but, there's a change of course here, but a Samaritan, the ungodly from a Jewish perspective. That they're not the superhero like the, like the priest or the Levite. Again, he's speaking to Jews. The Samaritan was the person, they were, the, they were like the, the, the religious half-breeds. The Jews just, they couldn't stand them and looked down upon them. But a Samaritan who was on a journey came upon him. And when he saw him, he felt compassion. And compassion is this, this deep feeling of empathy and sorrow for someone who's in a bad way. And it's not just this deep feeling of empathy. It, it, it's, also, it, it's also accompanied by this this want to actually do something about it, to alleviate this person's suffering. So, so this Samaritan, he felt compassion and he came to him, this, this man who was hurting, and he bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them. And he put him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day, he took out two denarii. And, and one denarii back in this day and age was one day's wage, just to give you an idea. So he took out two. So he, he gave two Two days' pay he gave to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I return, I will repay you. Jesus then asked in verse 36, Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the robber's hands? And he, the lawyer, said, The one. He couldn't even say the Samaritan, right? He said, The one who showed mercy, that is, compassion, toward him. Then Jesus said to him, Go and do the same. Who is our neighbor then? I mean, that's the question that this lawyer asked. And Jesus didn't answer his question with a statement. Instead, Jesus answered him with a story. And as we hear this story, the answer becomes clear. Our neighbor is simply anyone who's in need. Whether that need is physical, whether that need is emotional, whether that need is spiritual, and the anyone is anyone. And as we read Jesus' teaching in the, in, in, in the Sermon on the Mount, we, we learn and understand that, that anyone includes even our enemy. Hmm. So then in, then, then in order to, you hear this story, in order to, to love our neighbor with this Jesus kind of love, then we need to do what? Well, we need to see the need 
around us, right? We need to empathize with people's pain. And empathy is trying to put ourselves in their shoes, seeing it like they see it. We need to sacrifice some of our own interests, like this, like this good Samaritan sacrificed his time in this case, some financial resources in this case. Maybe we also need to sacrifice some noble pursuits. Maybe we need to reprioritize what we're doing, or at least ask the question. And then we need to seize the day and then meet the need. Hear me on this. Showing love and compassion. Mm. Showing love and compassion is not optional if we're going to call ourselves a follower of Jesus Christ. Showing love and compassion on a consistent basis is the tangible evidence of whether or not we have been transformed by God. Showing love and compassion must be an integral part of who we are as a community of faith if we're going to call ourselves a Christian church. Are you following me? And why I love this church is, is we do a lot of love and compassion in this community. We do. We see need and we meet need. We have the only food pantry in this county that is opened on a Thursday night. And last year, we fed over 12,000 people from that food pantry who were hungry, who needed a break, who needed some food. So I say thank you for your generosity, right? Today, we're going to take a, take a different perspective. We're going to expand our perspective. We're going to take a global perspective of sharing love and compassion, someone in need. We're going to partner, we're going to partner with this with this tribe, I like to refer to them as a tribe, Compassion International. How many people here have heard of Compassion International? Compassion International, they're about one thing. That's it. They focus on one thing. They're not all cluttered. One thing. It's about rescuing children from poverty in Jesus' name. That is what they are all about. And so what they like to do is they like to work through a local church. So we're going to partner with Compassion International through a local church in Tiapas, Mexico. You can see on the screen where this place is. It's on a map. Southern part of Mexico, near Guatemala. We're going to pass, it happens also to be a Nazarene church, right? That's a compassion church. They have a pastor there. His, his, I can't pronounce his whole name, so I'll just say his last name. It's Pastor Perez, okay? You'll see a picture of him there. That's him speaking to the people in his, in his church. It's a poor community, their people are generous. They want to meet the needs of these kids in their community who do not know Jesus Christ, okay? He also sent us a, he sent us a, a short video, and I just want you to see his face. I want you to hear his voice because I want you to know this is real. Go ahead, show that. It's gone. It's gone. Okay. All right. Well, sometimes that happens, I guess, huh? All right, so what, we always have backup. So Nydia is going to come up, and Nydia is going to share what this gentleman said by video. Go ahead, Nydia. Can you hear me? Hello. No? Wow, we are, we, are, we, are, we are really bad today for some reason here, huh? It's on? Hello? Okay, sure. Is it on? It's not on. 
Wow. Hello? No? Hey, can somebody help us? Like, can somebody actually, like, she can speak into my mic, but that would kind of look kind of weird, wouldn't it? I don't know what we're doing. All right, thank you. Cool. This one? Yes. Buenos dias, Church on the Hill. In the state of Chiapas in southern Mexico, there's a congregation of 829 people that are led by Pastor Exaul Lorenzana de Perez. Pastor Lorenzana says that he can't explain how it happened, but he knows that through the eyes of God, his church down in Chiapas has been seen, and that God has seen our church here in Oregon. God has put in Pastor Dave Anderson's heart the desire to sponsor his church down in the municipality of Tonalas in Chiapas, Mexico. Pastor Lorenzana's church teaches the gospel of Jesus Christ in every moment that they can. There are full of families and children that are in need of the blessing of knowing Jesus as well as in need of material blessings. Up until now, this church has helped provide resources through the members that are willing to give of their small earnings from working on the fields or from selling their lands to assure that the church has the necessary resources. Their church has sought no aid, and up until now, no one has supported them. But Pastor Lorenzo and his congregation feel incredibly blessed by this opportunity that God is providing them. He knows that God has seen his church in Chiapas, and he knows that he sees us here in McMinnville, and they are ready to receive the blessing that this sponsorship with Church on the Hill can provide them. I hope that those of you that feel compelled to intercede on behalf of these children, that you don't hold back, that you show our family in Christ down in Chiapas that we here at Church on the Hill do Jesus in every way, every day. Amen. Thanks. Take it. Mm. Things happen, right? What, what, what I love about this parable is I think it, it, it's a beautiful illustration of our partnership with, with compassion and with this, with this church. Do we have the video now? Just, just, I just want you to hear this guy's voice. Buenos dias. Bueno, buenos dias desde aquí, desde Chiapas. Chiapas. Estado de Chiapas, México, eh, específicamente un, en el municipio de Tonalá, Chiapas, Colonia Ignacio Ramírez. Okay. Y desde aquí. You guys all understand that, right? Who, who, who's here? Yeah, some of us, yeah, some of us do, right? No, this is real. These people are real, and they're going after Jesus. Last month, this church reached 51 people who didn't know Jesus Christ. They are on fire, right? I have praise God for that. And I like it when, when God brings two communities of faith who, faith who are on fire for reaching the lost and brings them together. And I don't know where this may go. This is, we're going to hopefully go down and partner a little bit, help them. They're going to hopefully come here, help us. We hope that next year we'll start a Hispanic ministry here at McMinnville to reach our Hispanic community here at Church. Now, we have an awesome facility. Why not, right? So be praying with me for God to move. I'm just here for the ride. Wherever God takes us, that's where we're going to go. Fair enough? So this parable, again, I think is just a beautiful illustration of this partnership. And in this parable, there's three main character types. And the first, we have, we have this guy in need. And that represents these, these kids. 
A little bit later, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask God to move in us and, and us to come and take one. And every single one that, that says church partner on it, they've been connected to this church that we're going to be partnering with. So we want to take these white ones when you come, these white ones that say church partner, we want to take those because we want to sponsor every single kid that, these, that this church feels compelled to reach for Jesus Christ, okay? These are the kids, these, these are the kids in need. And their needs are great. One in five do not have enough to eat in a given day. Most have no access, they don't have the ability to go to school. Compassion partners and make sure that they get to school, okay? So just look at them, they're looking at you. That's our need. That's the need presented in front of us. The second character in this, in this, in this story is the innkeeper. You see, the innkeeper had the processes and systems and structures in place that the Good Samaritan didn't have. And so the Good Samaritan was able to take this guy in need and, and, and take him to this inn, and, and this innkeeper was able to provide healing and restoration and, and nourishing food to nourish this guy back to health. That's Compassion International. Compassion International has the structures and systems and processes in place that we don't have to rescue children from poverty in Jesus' name, okay? They are rescuing children from poverty in Jesus' name, over 2 million right now in about 24, 26 different countries. They have the systems to make it happen. That's what they're, that's what they're all about. Compassion, again, works through the local church. And why is that so important that they work through local churches? Because when situations arise like they were in India, and when they got a new leader in India, and India banned all Christian organizations from India, so compassion had to pull out. But because they work through the local church, compassion continues to flourish in that country because the local church is meeting these needs. Are, are, you, are you following me here? And, 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 and they meet these needs in a, in a couple different ways. Physically, they make sure these kids are nourished well, are clothed well. Educationally, they make sure that these kids go to school. They have school supplies. They provide the school supplies for them. And, and everything has this gloss. Everything's about helping these kids come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, okay? That's... That's their focus. When I was there, I got to experience this firsthand in Colombia earlier this year in February. And, and, and I have a picture up here, just some pictures to see. I, was, I went to three different churches, and so I got to see this in action, a country church and then two churches in the city. And, and, and two of them were reaching over 230 kids. One, that was a New Start church. And you see that building right there. That's a New Start church. They just started reaching their community, and they had 190-some kids from three to five years old that they were reaching, right? And the idea is reach the kid, reach the family, right? And so these families are coming to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Amen. And so compassion is working through the local church to change our world, to rescue kids from poverty in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Then you got these last group of characters, the people who were presented with the need, the people who saw the need. 
two religious guys and this Samaritan. That's us. So just like them, we got two choices. We see the need. We can either walk on by or or we can stop and, and make a difference. There's a cost, though. I want to be real with you. There is a cost. It's $38 a month to sponsor a kid. 83% of that goes directly to meet those kids' needs. I like organizations that are over 80%. In fact, I won't invest in any that aren't, okay? There's a cost. It's 38 bucks. And I hate to confess this, but... At one time in my life, it was in the 90s and early 2000s when, uh, you know, I was doing my lawyer thing, and I would go to these different concerts, so you may have been there, and they, they'd have compassion, and they'd have these packets to take, and in church, they have these packets to take, and, and, and I never took one. I've never sponsored a kid, ever, at Compassion International until the 9 o'clock service. Why? And it was at a time when I was making buku because it was all about me, myself, and I. And I had this cold heart. I was worried, believe it or not, I was worried about, well, who's going to take care of me someday? So my whole life was driven by having enough in my bank account. And I, quite frankly, didn't want to make a commitment that may end up being a 10-year commitment. My heart was so hard and cold. And then, well... God rescued me. Softened my spirit. Opened my eyes beyond myself. Begin to see people. It's creations of God that maybe, just maybe, God wants to use me to be a blessing to someone else, to give someone else a chance, right? And so now, Chris and I, we just look at our financial resources. They flow in and they flow out. <laughs> Nothing is ours. We're just a steward of the things that God has chosen to give to us, our time, talent, treasure. Are you, are you following me? Following with me today? Every time we sponsor a kid through Compassion International, we rescue a child from poverty in Jesus' name. I mean, we give this kid new hope. We give them an opportunity to discover who God has created them to be. And we, and we just allow God to fill them with joy that will sustain them through interesting times as they journey on this path of life. Are you following me? Just like, just like Nicole. So Nicole, will you come and, and share your story? Nicole is a former compassion kid. And I want you to hear how God used compassion in a sponsor just to change her life and her family's life. Thank you, Nicole. Good morning, Church on the Hill. Uh, it's my pleasure uh, to be here with you. So thank you so much for having me here. My name is Nicole Morrison, and I am from the country of Ecuador. When I was nine years old, I felt that my whole world fell apart. I remember being at home with my mom and my little sister. When a woman that we didn't know came to our home, and showed my mom pictures of my father with another woman and their two little children. We, when we found out that my father was having another relationship with this woman, we were devastated. But when my father found out that we knew his secret, 
he moved to Europe, leaving my mom alone with my sister and I, but also with a lot of debts. I remember living in this very old apartment filled with mice and the roof leaked water. One day, while I was washing the dishes by hand, I found a mouse in the water where I was washing the dishes. Also, when the rain came, we needed to move our things, even our beds, to not sleep in wet beds. It was a very hard time for us, not just financially, but also emotionally and spiritually. We, we felt just hopeless. But one day, my mom found a Compassion International Center. And she signed my sister and I up to be sponsored children. After some time, the pastor of the Nazarene Church invited us to attend. And when we went, we met our Lord Jesus and we accepted him in our hearts. Amen. 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 So when we were going through these difficult times in our lives, we had the hope of Jesus in our hearts. So the first opportunity that Compassion International gave me was the opportunity to receive hope. This hope that is the anchor of my soul and this hope that helped my family and I to walk through the difficult times in victory. The people from Compassion International helped us a lot they gave all of us children food four days in a week. They took care of us medically. They gave us money for, to buy shoes to go to school. They gave us money to buy books for school as well. They gave us Christmas gifts. And they even gave me a scholarship to go to college. Yes. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. They also gave my mom a job to be the secretary of the Compassion Center in my local church. Then my mom became the accountant. And then my mom became the director of the Compassion Center in my local church. God is so good. He was changing everything. The second opportunity that Compassion International gave me was the opportunity to receive redemption. Through my teachers from Compassion International, I was learning more about the Bible and about God. And I understood that even though my father abandoned me, my father God didn't. He was, he is, and he will be with me all the days of my life because he is a good, good father. A while after my father moved to Europe, he started to call us and to support us financially. My Lord Jesus helped me to forgive my father. And now he is restoring a relationship. My father went to Ecuador for my wedding day. And I had opportunity to walk with him to the altar. And all of that because God is a God of redemption. Just our God can turn bad into good. And just our God can make beauty from ashes. The third opportunity that Compassion International gave me was the opportunity to receive joy. What a joy I had when I received these beautiful letters from my sponsor, Kim Post, from Rochester, New York. 
reading her encouraging words, knowing that I am important for her and that she is praying for me, filled my heart with so much joy. My sponsor, Kim, even went to Ecuador to visit me four different times, including my wedding day. She now makes purses and sells them, and she uses that money to sponsor 13 compassion children around the world. She is amazing. <laughs> and now my husband and I have the joy of giving back all the opportunities that I received when I was a child. Sponsoring through Compassion International, five beautiful children from Uganda, Ghana, Africa, Guatemala, Ecuador, and the Dominican Republic. Being the sponsors of these children is a blessing for our lives. Empower them through our letters is a joy for our lives. And today, I want to invite you to change the life of one child, to give him or give her hope, redemption, and joy by sponsoring through Compassion International so these children can be released from physical and emotional poverty in Jesus' name. Thank you very much. Healing and restoration. Man, I'm so glad that God has restored your relationship with your dad. Mm. Mm. You are a beautiful creation of God. And, and just so you know, from Nicole's perspective, Nicole then started serving in missions for an entity that used to be called Extreme Nazarene. And some of you may have heard that name. They have a new name. I don't know how to pronounce it in Latin. She met her husband there. And then they got married. She lived in Boise until Saturday, and they got moved to Nashville as part of their missions team, and they're going to be reaching people for Jesus Christ. It's kind of how God works. God rescues, God empowers, God raises us up, and then God unleashes us to go do the same, right? Are, are you with me? So today, I hope that we become, I hope we are a move of God's love and compassion, I'm going to invite you to come as our worship team comes to, to sponsor, sponsor a kid. And I know that, I know it's, I'm asking you to do something that's uh, spontaneous. It's a spontaneous, if I can use this word loosely, a spontaneous buy. Usually we, we, we regret those. I'm going to guarantee you that you will never regret investing in a life of a kid in Jesus's name. Are, 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 you, are you with me this morning? Hmm. So I want you just to sit and think. I, I, Kristen and I, we talked about this and we sponsored one uh, in the first service. We're going to sponsor another uh, or two or whatever we're going to do uh, in the second service. Uh, and, and we talked about, okay, we're, we're going to give up a meal for sure a month. You know, I don't know how many times I can go to the grain station and feel bloated. You know what I'm talking about? I think I can, I can do with one less of those. And if you go to Nancy Joe's, you if you really know what I'm talking about, you really can feel that way. And so we're gonna talk and we're gonna discuss that when we do that, we're gonna make a time every month where we're gonna sit 
talk about what we're doing to sponsor this kid, write letters as we eat a meal together in our home, pray over this lovely little girl and this, this little boy. <laughs> Just pray and, and send words of encouragement, words of life. This kid may not hear and, and allow this church in, in Chiapas, this this church we're gonna partner with just to love on and teach and hopefully reach in Jesus' name. Are, are you following me this morning? So, so the way it works and is if you come and take a packet, please don't take the packet home with you until you fill it out, rip off the card, and then put the card in, in an offering box that we're gonna have. They're gonna have these buckets that you can drop them in. But if we take the packet and we don't drop the card off, we put this kid in like six months of limbo. So please just don't take a packet to take one and take it home because that's gonna hurt this kid. You know what I'm saying? So I really need you to take a moment to think and pray. Let God move in your heart. As our worship team plays, come if you're so moved to be an act of love and compassion, come and take this kid. And I did the math. Some of you guys may be trying to figure out the math. I did the math. What's $38 a month times 12? That's $456, I think it is. And if I happen to sponsor a kid that is three, and I do this for 15 years, that's like a little over $6,800 over that 15 year period. Compassion probably doesn't want me to put it in those terms for you, but I am. Because I think that's a beautiful investment that has eternal rewards. I hope that I'm gonna be standing and praising God with Obet, Vasquez, at some point in time in heaven forever. Are you, are you following me this morning? So may God move. May you be a people of love and compassion. Come and take as God moves you.
that we've been wearing 818 obviously is the date the 150 our hope is that we would sponsor 150 kids today that was our goal right sponsor 150 and man first service generous you guys generous so just take a moment fill out your form they're gonna play for a few more minutes while you do that then when Ashley's led, he's just going to have a stand. We're just going to sing that chorus. And then we're dismissed to go be loving compassion. To rescue not just children, but anyone that we come in contact with who doesn't know Jesus. To rescue them forever. Amen? Amen. All right, so take a moment, fill it out, and then Ashley will get us back up. For the sake, for the sake of the world, burn like a fire beneath. Light a flame in my soul for every eye to see. For the sake of the world, burn like a fire beneath. For the sake, for the sake of the world. 
Amen. Thank you. Those of you online, you saw that we had an online way you could sponsor as well. We just thank you for worshiping with us today. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for being a people of God's love and compassion. And again, please, if you took a packet, tear off that perforated edge, put that in the bucket, take the rest of the packet home, but just don't take the whole packet. You got to tear off that perforated edge or this kid goes into limbo. Or everyone understand that? I messed that up at nine o'clock, so I want to make sure I don't mess it up here. All right, hey, you're dismissed to go change the world. Thank you for being here today.